It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. It's another episode of Frontline Friday with my regular and very, very special guest, uh, Bridget Gleason. Bridget, how are you today? I'm doing great. Good morning, Andy. And uh, get your run in today? You know, yes. If the sun comes up, I get my run in. I've got to be really virtually on my uh, deathbed, which I'm not. Good. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. Um, So today, I thought what we'd do is sort of jump right into talking about the topic's really sort of interesting. It's sort of thoughts came from a lot of different directions in terms of uh, just everything we read about sales, things we've talked about sales, and as well as things that are happening externally in the world. Um, and I guess that really the topic is: yeah, you know, are we do we overthink sales too much? I mean, gosh, I'm guilty of this. I mean, I've contributed two books, uh, working on a third to the. Uh, you know, morass of books that exist out there about sales and gosh, hundreds, hundreds, literally hundreds published every year about sales. And it doesn't seem like we're really extending the discussion a lot in a lot of different directions. I mean, I, I know I sort of focus on trying to, but I mean, it's like, we're still talking about a lot of the same old stuff. So, I mean, are we, are we overthinking it? Are we making it more complicated than it needs to be? Such a good question. Um, here, my, my, gut reaction to it is no, I I don't think we're over, I don't believe that we're overthinking it. And while there are lots of books and podcasts and videos and blog posts on the topic of sales, and many of them do say the same things, in some ways that's a bit comforting in that there are certain foundational elements that don't change or don't change very much. And I think, Andy, that we learn things at different times, depending on what's going on. We absorb things in different ways. We hear stories told um, that speak to us more than others. So, gosh, I, I've been doing sales for... Don't say more, it. I know. No, I wasn't going to give a definite number. I was just going to say a lot of years. A lot of years. More than a small number. And... I am always reading sales books, trying to learn more, trying to hear it in a new way, to read. So I, I guess for me, the reinforcement is helpful, thinking about how I might explain it or teach it to someone who's maybe new to it. So I, I guess um, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me that we continue the discussion. I just wonder whether, it, for me, it's and those, what's really sort of stimulated the thought was that there's some foundational things about selling that that after what I'll say is 130 years of sort of modern American selling, business to business selling, if we date it back to 1890s when you know I did some research into this, where uh, I forget the guy's name, the guy's name I think it was John Anderson was the guy that worked for. NCR, National Cash Register, sort of pioneered the whole business-to-business sales movement in the United States, is that 
we're still some fundamental issues just are so difficult to inculcate into sellers. And I'm wondering, you know, is it human nature? Is it, um, you know, something that's just sort of something we're lacking in terms of how we train people and bring people into the profession? And I'll give you an example. The first example is really just what's the purpose of selling? Now, okay. you say, okay, well, gosh, that's a broad question. But, you know, to me, it's, it's really simple. The only purpose of selling is to help a buyer make a purchase decision. And so you as a salesperson, as everything that you do has to be geared toward meeting that end, being of service to your customer and helping them make a purchase decision. That's all it's about. It's not about the thing you're selling. It's about them. Now we keep going in these cycles where literature comes out and we emphasize, oh, we have to be customer-centric. Uh, it's all about the customer. You know, Michael Bosworth wrote his Bosworth wrote his great book back in 2002, 2003. Now it's got new books talking about it. Well, hey, I mean, why should any sales rep still be confused about what the purpose of sales is? Do you think any sales rep is confused about what the purpose is? Oh, sure. I think they think it's about selling something as opposed to helping the customer. I would say 90% of sales reps, if you ask them, at least will say, what's the purpose of sales? It's well to, you know, <laughs> is to, is to sell this item, right? It's to persuade somebody, to convince somebody to do this thing. And, you know, it's it, you start thinking about, okay, well, what's some of the sales things that are so going on in the larger world right now as we talk, and one of them is, you know, the political campaigns. You know, it's part of what sort of stimulated this, this thought of mine. And, you know, we've got, sir, it's narrowed down at this point in time, the recording it to, at least on the Republican side, to one candidate, and seems to be close to being narrowed down on the Democratic side to one candidate. Um, and yet we have one candidate who's a conventional politician or on the Democratic side, more conventional politicians and on the Republican side, somebody's very unconventional and very unedited. Mm, <laughs> and, I'll, I'll say that is a, such a nice way to put it, unedited. And, and uh, yet being unedited is in saying the stuff that people, that he, that he thinks people want to hear is being very effective. So, yeah, maybe talking trash, maybe it works. You know, that's, that's an example of like, you know, we always talk about, you know, we can't say anything bad about our competitors <laughs> and so on, but hey, maybe that works. Maybe we overthink this. Maybe we're, maybe we're being artificially constrained and maybe, and I'm not saying it does necessarily work, but I'm just saying, you know, is there a lesson out there? Because, gosh, a huge segment of the American public, including some people you have to assume are, you know, very thoughtful and mindful about the decisions they make, have find this very attractive. Well, we don't – I don't know that they find the unedited attractive. I think there's a difference between causation and correlation. So I don't know that they find the unedited attractive. I think that happens to be part of that package. So I guess I just, because I don't know that every, like I'm thinking, as you were talking, Andy, I'm thinking about circumstances both in sales and otherwise where there are individuals who have been unedited and they have a very different response. So 
I'm not sh- I'm not sure that unedited just throw caution to the wind and and go for it is going to is going to is going to be necessarily effective. And so well, let I'm not me necessarily ask, advocating that, but I'm just you know, having no, trying no, to get people good, to think I about like, it because it's it's you know we 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 know that sales is really emotional based. I mean most Again, this is another thing I think with with sales reps. Most sales reps probably don't get still, and maybe should just be part of our basic training that we have for reps is that yeah, people make primarily emotional decisions. The decision making is an emotional process. It's not. It's not logical. And are we too are we too focused on being logical in the way we train salespeople? So that's a different. So that's also taking this conversation a little bit differently than do we overthink it. Um, I had somebody come in and, and train the sales team. Well, it's part of it, though. I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's part of it, right? I mean, overthinking is, you know, we're too stuck in sort of thinking and less about acting and the emotional side of things. Uh, but anyway, go ahead. Well, I, I, I would posit that we we also need to think about the emotional side of selling. So I think that there is some uh, deliberateness that's required to approach a sale, not only from the very tactical, um, reach out to them, give them these facts, identify their pain points, la, 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 the kind of the traditional sales approach to understanding that the reptilian brain is still very much alive and functioning and has to do with a lot of our decision-making. And if we're not aware of how that affects our interactions and our sales, then we're definitely missing a piece of um, the sales formula. And I think that piece of the conversation uh, and the training is not widely spread, but I don't think will I don't think people will get there just by intuiting it. Like I don't think that's a natural skill that we have. I know I don't have it. That I, I really have had to learn a lot about uh, the human brain and how people make decisions for me to approach sales in a different way. Yeah, so well, I it, so I don't know that it's that we're overthinking it. Maybe we're just we just keep thinking about it in the same way that's not working. True. Well, and part of that could be, I said, is, is to me the overthinking is, is being so bound up in process, and process is important, again, but being so bound up in it and so bound up in the, you know, so what we think is sort of, you know, the logical steps, one follow the, the next, that, that, you know, we're not really, we're not really in the moment, really not doing the things that really focus on what the customer needs to be able to make a decision. And I would think, like, you know, part of sales 101 should be like, we should have like a, an oath that's sworn, you know, for sales reps, somewhat like the Hippocratic Oath for doctors. But it's, you know, something like, you know, they take a pledge, say that every action they're going to take will be only in service of helping the buyer to make a decision. And so, if you put things in that context, then you know some of the mindless ways that that we continue to act in sales maybe start to dissipate a little bit. 
And if, and if people really understood, and part of that too, and the sales on one, if they really understood how customers make decisions, how the emotions really drive it, you know, as I say, people make emotional decisions for logical reasons. You know, the emotional part drives it, and then we backfill with the logical nature, the logical rationalizations, if you will, for why we're making these decisions. And there's this, you know, fascinating study I came across when I was researching my last book about this. Uh, neuroscientist, I think he was maybe maybe Italian, I can't remember, but he made this discovery, which is he studied people that had damage in the part of the brain where emotions are generated. And he found that on the surface they seemed normal, except they weren't able to feel emotions. Mm. He said, but the, what they found though is they all had something sort of strange in common, which was they couldn't make decisions. So mm. they could, like in terms of... Uh, what to eat, for instance. They could describe what they should be doing in logical terms, yet they couldn't even make simple decisions. It's like, you know, should I have the chicken or the turkey? So they, they, couldn't, they couldn't decide because they couldn't, <laughs> they weren't able to feel emotions. We think, well, just picking what to eat, that's a, just, that's a logical decision, right? You're hungry, choose one or the other. No, nah, couldn't do it. Hmm. Fascinating. So you have to think about, okay, well, Wow, you know what what role emotions have in how we sell, and so what are the things that we're doing that you know again back to the overthinking it's more about you know being so hyper rational and logical about what we're trying to accomplish instead of as I said, you know being really service oriented service is really something that appeals to people's emotions so Andy, yes, your next book. What's your next book going to be on then? <laughs> I, think, I think really the question is, how, how can we contribute to the body of knowledge in sales that isn't so much the tactical and the logical and the steps that you're describing and can contribute more to the emotional and in service of? And how, how, do, we, how do we elevate and expand that corpus of information? Well, I think that, that that's a great question because I think one of the things that, that salespeople sort of miss is, in general, is, and it's hard because you know, people are in structure, they're in a, an organization, the you know, levels of management and so on. But in general, as an individual, when you're selling, there are certain things that you have absolute control over. How responsive you're going to be to your prospects, how thorough you're going to be, how proactive you're going to be in terms of delivering something of value to help them make decisions. You know, there's a, a series of things. I actually have a presentation. I have 10 different areas where you as a sales rep can really control all 10 of these things. And if you do that, what happens is they all affect the customer's perceptions, emotional perceptions of you and your company and your offering. And if you can really focus on those, what you control, what you personally control, you go a long way toward appealing to people's emotions and them deciding that you're the person or the entity or the company they want to do business with. It sounds manipulative. Well, it's not manipulative. You're just controlling your actions. So if, if I have a choice between 
customer asks me a question. I have a choice between responding immediately or responding in three days. If I'm committed to saying, and I do it in my own business, yeah, I'm committed to being hyper-responsive, that makes a difference. It makes a difference in people's perceptions of you. I mean, even IBM took this action as a company a couple years ago. The CEO you know, sends out a video message to the entire workforce saying, we're being hammered by our competitors and because we're not and our customers because we're not being responsive. Mm. So it's not being manipulative. It's controlling what you control to be able to help the customer move faster from point A of interest to B, making a decision. Yeah, and it and it's interesting the motivation behind responsiveness. Because some would say the motivation behind responsiveness is you're going to get closer to the sale. But you have to respond faster because if you don't respond faster, some, if you don't respond quickly, someone else is going to respond more quickly than you, and you're going to lose the opportunity uh, for a deal. And I think what I hear you saying is. It's the motivation behind it that we need to um, focus on, and the motivation being being in service to being in service to the prospect or the customer or the individual. Yeah, because then you're 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 being uh, you know you're working on shaping their perceptions of you, and that's really that's that's emotional based. You have control over that. You don't have control over the product that you're selling. You can't, you're in sales. How much control do you have over the price or the features or anything in your product? Well, and actually, we don't have control over what somebody thinks about us, but we can certainly. Um, well, you contribute move to that. The, we can contribute to it. So we can increase the odds in our favor by understanding certain things around human emotions and dynamics and that sort of thing. Um, that we can tip the scale. But I think it would be incorrect to, th- to say that if I absolutely do X, then this person will respond Y, because that's not always the case. Oh, no. Of course not. But the thing with everything in sales, you're dealing in probabilities, right? Definitely. And we just want to increase the odds. That's what it's all about. All you're doing is trying to increase the odds. Let's increase the odds. Because it's all about customers' perception of you, and the perceptions aren't—they're not logically based. Customers' perceptions of you and the relationship they build with you are not—they're not logically based; they're emotionally based. So, Andy, again, getting back to your next book, (laughs) what (laughs) is—I'm already looking forward to it. I'll put it on the list of books to write. Well, and what would be? Let's say it's not your book, but what's? What's the book that you want written? What's the book that you, and there, there are books out there, I know, that, that contribute to this. They may not be labeled as sales books, that there are books that contribute. And I'm going to have to think about ones that I would say contribute most um, effectively to it. But wh- what, do you, what, what do you want to see? What do you want to read? What what? What's sort of the theme of the one of uh, a book or series of books that you think would most contribute in this way? What's the theme? Well, I think the the theme is some and this is not my expression. Somebody else's expression is you know they call it P two P selling, person to person selling. 
Mm. That's good. Because that's really that's what it's it really is. What it is. It's increasingly what's missing. You know, we're so focused on the technology and the process and so on, but that at the end of the day, in most business-to-business sales environments, it's a human buying from a human. And we don't spend enough rarely. time. We don't spend enough time focused on that basic dynamic. I mean, I I've tried to in my first two books very focused on that, but you know, more people need to be in the conversation because it still seems to be the piece that that uh, is missing, consistently missing. Andy, I feel like I have a book in me somewhere, somehow, sometime. I don't know when that is. Well, don't wait. Okay, okay. I'm, I'll, I'll try to find time in there. I think you're right. I think I, I like this notion of um, the emotional side. And I, I really like that, the P2P selling, because I think that really does encapsulate what sales is about. It is P2P, not B2B or B2C or C. It really is P2P. And I, I like, I just, I, I like thinking about it in that way. Um, because I think that that's actually a more effective way of, of thinking about it. Well, I know you have some long plane trips coming up, so I do. I it'd do. Be a this chance is a perfect for you. time to do it. Yeah, especially if you have a you know power power outlet at your seat, you can sit there and uh, we'll work on this together. Okay, I'm in. All right, there we go. All right, well, good. Well, that's it for today. I want to thank you again for being my very very special guest on Frontline Fridays. And we'll look forward to talking to everybody in the audience uh, next Friday. Likewise. Have a great one. You too. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com. 